Are we recording? ba da ba ba da ba ba No, too much, too much, too much, too much! Hey everybody, welcome to Ducks Watch Together. I'm Josh. Hey. And on today's episode, we talk about Roma. Roma. Netflix original. Yeah, true story. It is. Roma. Is it a movie? Is it a television show? Who knows? We're Netflix. We don't need to... Be defined by rules. Ocean Master. Um, yeah, fair. Do you think that because Buster Scrubs got some Oscar noms, it might be released on DVD? <sighs> I'm going to tell you right now that I hope, yeah. beyond all hope, I don't even care how overpriced it is, because all the Netflix releases are super overpriced, that they put that sucker out is, on Blu-ray or DVD. Well, is, are the TV of... Stranger Things are those really expensive? They they are when they first come out. I think season one is come down a little bit, like twenty twenty four dollars, something like that. So like a almost regular, yes, regular. Okay, but when they first come out, because they're popular, so Uh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That happens with a lot of movies. Fair enough. Also, I think the Coens have a lot in their Criterion collection, so Criterion may eventually release one Mm. if the overlords at Netflix allow them to. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, see, there's hope. Yeah, there's hope. There's hope. There's always hope. What if Roma wins and they don't release that on DVD and then... Yep. That is is also a fear that I have. (laughs) Netflix, you're ruining everything. For always. Just looking at the... (laughs) section of best picture winners that just i mean perfectly uh molds into 21 jump street and 22 jump street it's the perfect transition it is bookcase by we're back in dinosaur story and 21 jump street yeah these are the the best best pictures pictures. (laughs) um oh i got okay so i went to the goodwill and at the Goodwill, I got some some things to add to the collection. Hey, I, I saw you got your name. Did you get that at Barnes & Noble? I did get that at Barnes & Noble. Man, I stand there all the time, and I'm like, do I want the whole first, like, season of Naruto? And then I'm like, do I want the whole first season of Naruto Shippuden? <laughs> See, like, this is a thing with Barnes & Noble. They have a really good selection and collection of, like, stuff to buy, but it's really expensive. I will say they have an interesting... Yeah, okay. All right, fair enough. <laughs> they yeah. have about, like, 20 films or TV to pick from. Yeah. And it's just interesting that it's there. Yeah. Well, because they've got the Criterion, and then they always try to have the AFI Top 100. Mm-hmm. They're like, that's relevant. Yeah. Um, then they got anime. Anime. And so it's Ghibli, yeah. and then a- other things that are popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm always just like... Do they have... Have you been to Barnes & Noble recently? Oh, uh, yeah. Do they have your name again? Because I bought the last copy around holiday times. Oh, um, they might. Who okay. knows? They went through it. They did a Ghibli thing. Like, yeah. they had a full display for a while. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Who knows? Hard for me to say. I was at the Goodwill. Okay. And I got some I got some things. Uh, this is for Anne. I did not buy this. This is an Anne one. Like, this is theirs. Okay. So, this is uh, Tim Curry's Stephen King's It. Sorry. Tim Curry, John Ritter, Stephen King's It. ABC's It. ABC's It. Yeah. Television. Do I, do I need to put this in the television because it's a TV movie? It's, um, I, it's really up to you. Okay. I, I'm, well, I, I need, I need your opinion on it. Uh, I need, I need to know where it goes. You are like, 
I don't know, vice president of DVD organization around uh, here. If anything, I'm secretary of defense. Okay, well, fair enough. That's an important <laughs> job. So, <laughs> Madam Secretary, yeah. I need your opinion on this. Um, I'm going to say you have to put it in movies. Okay. Because I feel like the real vice president will say it's a movie. Okay, fair. All right. Uh, we also have uh, The Prince of Egypt. Borean. Yes, uh huh. Which also somehow we didn't already own. So like, there we go. You don't like it? Uh, it's it's growing on me. I'm, not, I'm never gonna love that movie. Fungus can grow on you, Josh. Yeah. It doesn't mean yeah. you have to like it. I'm never gonna love that movie, but I'm gonna. Uh, there are things that I respect about it. Okay. Okay. We got one of the best pictures. It was a dollar. It's why it's here. And I can add this sucker in there. <sighs> that was a trivia question we once missed. Well, not anymore. Yeah, no, it's we still missed it. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember what the question was? Yeah, well, it was between oh, like Shh, I sorry. can do it. Yeah. You weren't there. I'm sorry. It was you can't you can't tell me what the question was. You weren't there. Um, what it was is it was in between some year and another year. So they just gave us two years. It was like four best picture winners had the main character's name in the title. Ah. So we got Schindler's List, Forrest Gump, Shakespeare in Love. We didn't get this. Because we couldn't come up with it. You couldn't come up with Dances with Wolves. No, I didn't know that was the main character's name. You know... I want you to know right now, have not seen it. I'm interested... Did he Did he make it? Did he yes, make it? Yes, it's directed by him. I want to say it's... It's not written by him, but it is directed by Kevin Are you Costner. now Mr. Bennett? Yeah, I am now <laughs> M. Bennett, you know. Sorry, it's written on the top. It is. You know, you're going through your DVDs. I want to talk about a pop I bought. Okay. The last ones (laughs) are... Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, With Days of Wolves, I don't know if I'm going to like this movie, but I now have another best picture, and uh, I can watch it again. You can get an opinion. I don't know if this this statement I'm about to say is true. Okay. Where's Chicago? Oh, it's in the wrong section. Okay, anyways. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it's... my maybe it will no longer be as true, but I was gonna say like there feels like there's a huge like chunk you're missing in between Shakespeare and Love and Crash, but I don't um, actually know when Crash won. I want to say 2005. It's 2005. Um, Shakespeare and no, Love. Yeah, yeah, 2005. And Shakespeare and Love scenes. 90s. 98. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Chicago goes in there. I mean, the ones that I'm missing in there are um, Beautiful Mind. Um, Gladiator, American Beauty. <laughs> I don't want any of those. Uh, um, <laughs> Chicago needs to go over there. That's 2002, 2003. What one in 2003? I don't remember what one in three or four. But, yeah, no, there's that, like, 99 to 01 where I'm, like, hard pass. Like, I don't know if I need those films. I don't even know if you're 100% on board with Chicago. You're just like, we were sad. <laughs> Let's have a campy musical win. Yeah, right? There you go. <laughs> um, I Yeah, best Rob Marshall film? That's not hard, though. <laughs> All right, other two things. Okay. I got Lowriders because mm-hmm. I got this dollar. Like, this movie's worth a dollar. It was a dollar? It was a dollar. I think it's worth a little bit more than a dollar. I know. So, yeah. And then, of course, Jackie Chan's Rumble in the Bronx. I have a question. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. That's the one we watched, right? Yes, this is the one we watched, yes. Um, bad dub or in Chinese? <laughs> I'm going to say this is probably bad dub. <laughs> this is probably dubbed. Does not say... Although, what it does say 
is that it has interactive menus. <laughs> so, I mean, we're all excited to find out how interactive these menus are. I bought my Prince Zuko pop figure. Okay, you bought I your f- Prince Zuko pop figure. Yeah, I found my first Avatar one, and I bought it right on the spot. That's amazing. Yeah, I walked into uh, Adventures Underground, and I was like, today's the day I buy Wasp. And then, and then I then bought, you bought Zuko. Prince Zuko. Yeah. <laughs> Wasp has been there for a while. She'll continue She'll to be, be there. there, especially because my theory—I mean, this not be, this may not be a theory. Maybe I just know this, but I don't think that I know this. I think she's gonna be an Endgame. Probably, yeah. yeah. Well, she has to deliver the final blow to Thanos. Yeah, his Ant Man's not gonna do it. No, he's just gonna talk about it. He's a pushover. Who does get to deliver the final blow to Thanos? Iron Man. Yeah, for revenge. To avenge, sorry. Well, he was the first. He was the first Marvel hero, so uh-huh. he gets to kill Thanos. He also gets to avenge my death, not my personal death, but like the death that I think is going to happen in that film. Not spoilers, because it's a prediction. Captain America super dying, everybody. Uh, Steve Rogers out. Bucky or um, Falcon are going to be the new Cap. Well, if they make a TV show. Because <laughs> that's all I hear is like TV show, TV show, TV show, and, and I'm might. like, I'm like, what if we stopped? I Isn't mean, that the point of Thanos? Is that he's like, there's, there's too many of you. So <laughs> there's too many of you. We need Maybridge time to let the old ways die. <laughs> so what you're saying is that Thanos is just gonna go to the Disney boardroom and he's just gonna be like. And then all of a sudden, like, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. is just going to start, like, melting away. That's no! what started happening with Netflix. The Netflix shows have, like, disintegrated for the most part. I think there's yeah. two left. Because, and I would I would be surprised if they continue past their current seasons. Um, because, um, blah, 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 the Disney's getting its own Netflix. Yeah, with thing. the most boring name of all time. Disney Stream. Disney Plus. I like my name better. Yeah, no, yeah. Stream Disney. Good, yeah. No, I don't like that. Field and Stream. Field of Streams. <sighs> it's just <laughs> Kevin Costner movies streaming forever. <laughs> oh, wow. So- that's, a real, that's a real Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Oh, let's watch something. We only have, we can only use Field of Streams on Sunday. Oh, no. I gotta choose between Prince of Thieves and The Postman. Oh, no. We haven't watched Waterworld yet. (laughs) All right, guys. I guess it's finally time to watch Draft Day. (laughs) With Griffey Newman. Yeah. Uh, Who? Downtown Griffey Nooms. Oh, Downtown Griffey Nooms, of course. Sorry, Kevin yeah. Spacey impersonator. There you go. Griffin Newman. Oh, oh, no, no. Griffin. Griffin, no. I... It's it's Foghorn Leghorn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yep, that's what it was. So you bought Zuko. Yeah, because I saw him. <laughs> so now I just need all the others. You know, I'd be okay if I don't get his sister... Because okay. <laughs> she's not part of she's not part of the core team. Yeah, no. But I need Uncle Iroh. Like that's very uh, important. Like, why didn't you start with Uncle? Because the first one I saw was Prince Zuko. I like saw him in person, so okay. I bought him. All right, so we've got we've got our main characters of Avatar here. Uh-huh. We've got Iroh, 
Zuko, Aang, Toph. Katana, Toph, Katana's brother, Sokka, Sokka mm-hmm. and Appa. Appa. And Aang has Momo with him. So. Oh, okay, so good. That's... Okay. All right. So the, the, are all seven out there as pops? No, nah, I haven't seen... I've only seen Prince Zuko. This is, this is a buy on site. Okay. Like, the minute I see them, I'm Do purchasing... Do you own the entire series? Yeah. I need to own the entire series. Amazon sold it for $7. What the crap? Like, a year ago. Um... And Target, so I bought it. Target has like the Blu-ray for like nearly thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. And we've been so close at buying it so many times. Mm-hmm. Didn't make the final. Didn't okay, make the, the draft day. The problem is, is that Happy I already. Happy Super Bowl Sunday! Are you watching it? No. Um, <laughs> me and the NFL are on hiatus right now. What's up? Well, I'm... is it just like the teams? Is it the people? Yes, all of the above. Okay. Um, I don't like. Okay, so I watch most things with people and friends, like to have a conversation. Yeah, there are very few things that I just watch for me. And me and Anne don't watch football. And none of my friend group is really into football and right now. Is, does, Ke- does Kevin? Can Kevin I call him watches out? football. Yeah, can, absolutely. Do you, talk, do you see him very often? Yes, I watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You but shoot, like, I talk it? to baseball about Kevin. Like, I can watch okay. football, but to like reason one, I don't have a strong friend group. Okay. Reason two. I don't love the product anymore. Like, the game, they've made some rule changes to it that I don't, I'm not really, like, it's boring now because it's just, like, throw the ball, penalty, go. It's fine. I don't like the gameplay anymore. They've made some rule changes. Third, which is probably actually one, I think that the league is full of a bunch of trash humans, and I don't think that the league cares enough to really fix this problem. On top of the fact that the people that are not trash humans, like Colin Kaepernick, are being banished and not signed for political reasons. And so I think the morals of the league are really off base. And this is probably true about many other sports as well, but I also, like, that's something that's important to me. And so... So your movie collection. Yeah. (laughs) So basically, yeah, not going to watch Patriots Rams. Go Rams because they they haven't won anything. Huzzah. Um, yeah, I just, I've kind of fallen out. I still play fantasy football, but you can win at that without actually watching the games. It's actually easier. You don't have emotional connection. You just look at stats. That's how I feel about manga, and that's why I send you pictures. <laughs> I don't have anyone to talk about stuff with me. But like, but. yeah, fair enough. Listen, I, I I'll read some. I'll read some. I'm I'm. Oh, you. We need to do this comic club thing. We're close. Okay. Okay. All right. We gotta bring. We gotta bring in BJ and Megan. I think they would actually do it. There you go. Once a month. There That's you go. all I ask. <laughs> <laughs> Am I asking much? Do you think there's a subreddit about this podcast? No. No. I don't know how Reddit really works. The only time I ever see a Reddit is when I look up a missing person and then all the information is on Reddit and I click on their Reddit and I read through it. I'm going to say something. I know that a lot of people have the idea that Reddit is full of bad people. Which, yeah, okay, go for it. Which can be true. Yeah. Depending on what channel you're on. Yeah. Uh, Much like anything on the internet. Yeah. I've been on a few true crime things and like those are moderated pretty well and that people are pretty respectful about like things that have happened. Um, there are the occasion, like I don't get onto the two super famous ones. Like don't go onto the Ted Bundy Reddit because that's no, but like, you know, the smaller things you can look at and people are pretty respectful because not everyone thinks that they're an expert on every 
crime and so they don't give their opinion on everything yeah like <laughs> when i was on reddit more regularly was when i lived in la and it was kind of a cesspool of scum and villainy scum and villainy yeah uh-huh. and apparently now it's less of that and like and it's like no there's good stuff on reddit and like there's good corners of it and like it's 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 a healthier community and i wonder if part of that is just we've been in the wild west of the internet for so very long and i'm wondering if people are just now starting to get very tired of uh, all people's scum and villainy and just terrible and like no now there needs to be some level of decorum so like there's pockets of decorum that are being held up on the internet as well and i'm not saying that reddit is that all the way through but maybe there is at least some of it there so roma yeah uh do you want to get to the inquiry of half squared Fortnite? yeah sorry we went on a weird tangent it's okay we have lots to say about alfonso Cuaron's new film I have some things to say. I have some things okay. as well. Okay. Uh, good. I feel like this week we chose to... <laughs> this week is um, this not a... taking any real risks. <laughs> That's me. I was like, I'm not taking any risks, Josh. It's okay. We're On our next episode, everyone, we'll talk about... We'll dive into why this week is Roma and Green Book on our next episode when we have... They haven't filled it with nonsense. Um, <laughs> listen, this is what good What podcasts are you part of? Okay, so, Roma, Inquiry of the Half-Squared Fortnite. Fortnite. Kylie. Simplified to one-fourth one fourth Fortnite. <laughs> one-fourth Fortnite. The, the, the one-fourth Fortnite? Just a night now. The one-fourth night? <laughs> Alright, anyways... Man, this bit is going to go on for months as we are recording these out of order. Fight me. You're not going to bring me down. All right. Here we go. Kylie, Roma is probably Netflix's most successful Netflix original movie in terms of uh, awards, nominations, and and such like that. Critical acclaim. Okay. Kylie, with that being said, what is your favorite Netflix original movie? Mm-hmm. Only one's coming to mind right now. Let All right. me actually sit and think. Do you two, want me to... two just came to mind. Okay, do you want me to give, give mine first? No, they might be. One of them might be mine. <laughs> and I... then I have to lean on dumpling, and I really don't want to talk about dumpling. I'm That's gonna my say favorite. highly unlikely. Mine's probably Okja. Okay, see, yeah. is Okja original? Yeah, I can say that. I think so. What else? Uh, is yes, there? because there was the con controversy with it. Oh, yeah. what okay. else is there? Um, Just name some for me. Oh, okay. Uh, I, they come out with 48 a week. The Cloverfield so. Parallax? Paradox. Paradox, no. yeah. No. Uh-huh. Although I will say, uh. like, I didn't see the film. Okay. So I shouldn't judge its quality. All right. But A plus releasing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, was this day last year. Yeah, it was just great. Oh, yeah. What are they going to do this year? Um, Throw it into our windows. <laughs> Everyone gets a DVD! Uh. It just starts playing on our phones and we can't stop it. Oh, it's like the U2 album. <laughs> okay. Uh, Beasts of No Nation. Okay, didn't uh, see that. That m- seemed really sad, but Idris Elba, Idris Elba was in it. Mudbound. I uh, didn't see that. Seemed really sad, but Mary J. Blatch was yep. in it. Okay. Um, was Jason Clark in it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Don't know where you? I pulled that from. <laughs> yeah. Look at you just throw this, that little nugget back there. The... Not only that, you could tell him and Joel Edgerton apart. That's the real skill. <laughs> the little prince. Oh, yeah. That little. That... I always forget that movie that I really enjoyed. 
Uh, uh, we had set it up from earlier this year. It was the that was like the rom com. Uh huh. Oh, the better one is to all the boys I've loved before. That's actually a really good little rom com. Okay. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. My answer might be Okja. Okay. Great. Perfect. Do you have one? Yeah, What's I yours? do. Tig. Oh, okay. Uh, it is the I didn't see that. Documentary following Tig Notaro and her journey through uh, her about with cancer as well as other issues in her life. So, and how she turned that into one of the most iconic stand up sets of all time. So, yeah, uh, that's a really, really good doc and it's a really good film. Oh, I also really liked Icarus and I liked Jim oh, and Icarus, Andy in yeah. The Great Beyond. One of Us. Oh, the answer is One of Us. The answer is One of Us. What is One of one Us? One of Us. One of us. us. Yeah, that's actually not really what we okay, should be chanting. It's a very serious documentary. Uh, it was on the shortlist last year to win the documentary. <laughs> it was on the shortlist last year to be nominated for documentary. Uh-huh. Um, one of us is exploring the Hasidic Jewish community and uh, the issues within it. And it follows uh, the lives of three people who are essentially trying to escape it. And uh, all of the terrible things that are being done to them by that community. Nice. Alright. I mean, not nice, but sounds like a time at the movies. Probably a, a well-made doc. Here we go. Yeah. Nice. As soon as you brought up the documentary, I was like, I forgot all the documentaries. Let me look all of them up. And that, that one. And I was like, dude, Icarus was in your top ten last year. I love Icarus. <laughs> I understand that if you know the story, you might be bored by it. However... Lil Kylie never saw that. Oh, 13th is also super good. Oh, 13th. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe it's just documentaries. I will say something. I will say something about the Netflix films. Okay. Sometimes they're bad, but sometimes they're not bad. And you want to know when the sometimes they're not bad? When the film gets made and then Netflix buys it to stream. Yeah. So it's almost like you should make a film. Uh-huh. And then have Netflix buy, buy it, it rather than Netflix give you money to make a film. Well, in terms of that, I think there's two sides to that coin. Yes, I think that's right in some way. Especially but sometimes with you, won't, you, can't, you won't get money unless Netflix gives it to you. So then there's the Koran, Coen Brothers, like kind of you've got Scorsese's film coming out next year. What is he doing? Where the Irishman, he's going back to... Is with, it about Liam Neeson? It's back with De Niro and they're... That's not the question I asked. I don't think Neeson's in it, okay? No, is it about him? Also, why are we not doing Cold Pursuit on this podcast? It's the Irishman. Why are we not doing Cold Pursuit? It comes out next week, right? Yeah. We're doing Lego Movie. Why couldn't Cold Pursuit come out this week? There's nothing <laughs> to see this week. No. Yeah. No. We had a weird film that got released here. Yeah. I don't the, even... The greatest of something, or the greatest time... To- I don't know. And Miss Bala. I'm sorry. That didn't open at AMC, though. No, but it opened at the other two. Yeah, and I was like... What do you do at AMC? I was like... We live in a highly populated Latino community. Yeah. Why are you not releasing Miss Bala? I guess it didn't hit him like a tidal wave. Oh. But we got the greatest blah blah blah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Netflix movies are interesting, and I'm I'm just sad that Netflix isn't like Netflix. At least with some of it, is playing the game to the point that it wants Oscar nominations and Emmy nominations. So it's trying to figure out how to be both a movie studio and a television studio. So I guess like there's some of it. I just to me, Netflix is sacrificing some of the things that. I think are essential to a cinematic experience for the sake of streaming and and their platform. And so 
I don't know if I'm articulating this very well. I just like I just in particular with films like Roma, I wish I had or, you know, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs or even like something like Paul Greengrass's film, which I don't remember the name of that released earlier this year that was just kind of buried in there. They're having directors just release stuff on the platform and it's kind of getting lost and buried every now and again if it's not like Bird Box or whatever. So I don't know. It's just I I wish they would if they're gonna give directors, talented directors, a platform, I wish they'd release them in the theaters. But I also understand that how they can give them money is by not having to spend money on releasing it in the theaters, so it's catch twenty two. I understand that. I've never heard of this Paul Greengrass film. It's called twenty two July. Yes, it is. What are we doing? No. What are we doing? Yeah. Like, no, they just dropped a Paul Greengrass film that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. So, anyway, if you want to answer the inquiry of the half fortnight, what's the best Netflix original movie? You can do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. We can give us a five-star review or any star review, as well as hit that subscribe button. Yeah. <laughs> do you think the mic even catches that when you do it? All right, give it to, give it to, again. Yeah. You can also hit that subscribe button. <laughs> You can also find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast. And now on with the show. Hey. Hey, I've done my uh, Netflix rant already about how I wish I could have seen this movie in theaters. All right, great. I guess that's half of this episode is done then. Listen, you tell me we're not at half of our recording time already. 27 minutes. Yeah, like... Okay, so... 27, at the 27 minute mark here, friends, here's what you probably know about Roma. It's on Netflix. <laughs> Alfonso you, Cuaron. You may have been able to glean that Alfonso Cuaron <laughs> directed it and that its name is Roma. It was nominated for an Oscar. Or at least one. Yeah. Yeah. How many Oscars was it nominated for, Kylie? Ten. You, you listen to the fun facts. No, you, you quizzed me on that. I know, in the fun facts. I, yep. You they were facts. <laughs> I can't dispute that part of the statement. Alright, okay. Were they more or less fun than the Detroit facts? Josh. Yeah? Stop. Yeah? Stop. Come on, I need the answer to this question. I don't think we finished the Detroit facts, to be honest. <laughs> You were like, I don't think the listeners ever heard it. I think I cut them. I think that Detroit never even came out. Oh. I just deleted the episode. <laughs> and then you just put up a thumbnail? Yeah. <laughs> Just won't listen. <laughs> you know, I did didn't I didn't get a chance to, but Catherine Bigelow wrote me a very stern email. Okay, <laughs> she was upset that it was just a thumbnail. Okay, everyone, yeah. let's talk for a minute about Roma. <laughs> okay, great. Josh. Yeah. Do you like this film? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Why? Okay. So is. <laughs> I think Roma. Roma's a really well-made movie. And I like that Alfonso Cuaron, nominated for Best Director for this this year for this film, Roma has 10 Oscar nominations, as we said, including director, picture, actor, supporting actress, and cinematography, and many, many other things down the line. Roma is a technical achievement. It is a masterful film in terms of vision and directorial effort and all of the technical technique that it takes to create cinema. There are some sequences in this film that are <clears throat> genuinely stunning. 
and genuinely like just like a treat for your eyes to watch. And so as I'm watching this film and I'm letting it build and I'm letting it kind of wash over me and it is very slowly paced. It's two and a half hours long. And it's two hours, 14 minutes. Two hours and 14 minutes long. Thank you. It's 2.14. And if I knew that sucker's time. <laughs> it is very methodically paced. Its job is to let you get into the world that it's portraying, which is the 1970s in Mexico City, and then live with these people as their family dynamic changes, for lack of a better word there, um, in order to try to remain somewhat non-spoilery to this film that only kind of has a plot. So I like all of the technical achievements, and I can point out to you like moments that really hit home to me. I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like, watching this, I'm so glad. I wish beyond all hope that I can or will ever have a chance to see this movie in a theater where it needs to be seen and not streaming at home because even on my large t large HD TV with the proper connection Humble cords, brag. Humble brag, indeed. Uh, I don't think it was very humble. It wasn't. It was, it was just a TV. I didn't even buy it. My grandpa gave it to me because he wanted a bigger one. Oh, humble brag. Uh, yeah, great. Perfect. <laughs> um, it wasn't the same experience. It's you. I, it's you. Just need to be in the theater. Like I watching this on a phone or a laptop or anything else. Like I just don't think is doing relevant to the technical masterpiece and the marvel that is this film. There is a shot at some point in the film where our main character, played by Yelizia Aparizzo, whose name is Cleo, is at the beach, and it is this beautiful one take of all of the action that's happening in that shot, and like that just envelops you, and it's moving. But for me, where it comes down to... I like this film. I don't love this film. Is because what I have talked about is all of its technicals. What I have not talked about is its character and its story. And it's those elements that I personally believe that have not succeeded in this film. Oh, no. Put that up there as my opening statement. All right, so, yeah. <clears throat> Josh. Yeah. Okay. So you know how you're like, oh, I can like look at the film and talk about it and technicals and blah, 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 right? Yeah. Great. Yeah. You know who can't? You. Me. Yeah. So. That's not, that's not what we expect <laughs> from you, Kylie. That's, that's it. You can if you want to, but that's not what we expect from you. I, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna try and have people have higher expectations for me. <laughs> so what I did is I sat down and I watched it. And hmm, 30 minutes in, I was like, oh, it's like George Lucas. And here's what I mean by okay. that. Here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. Now, I'm not going to compare the quality of films between the two. I'm going to compare uh, how actors and mm -hmm. characters within their films are very similar. Okay. Uh, in, a, in a way where... This is even more clear with the prequels than with the original series, but sometimes even in the original series, it feels like George Lucas is using his 
characters for the sole purpose of he wants to do explosions yeah. and a pod race sequence. Like, you can tell George Lucas is far more interested in the pod race than he ever is in developing the relationship between Anakin and his mother. Yes. Between between building relationships with any of those characters or to even give those characters really anything. Yeah. Roma feels similar in okay. many ways that the characters themselves don't feel they feel like they're there because he had he felt he had to put characters in a movie. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. <laughs> he was like, "Ah, I have to have people." Oh, I just want to point and make things beautiful. I just want to plant my camera in the middle of the room and slowly spin it all the time. And he was just like, Ugh, why can't these people be jib-jabs? Oh. <laughs> and so, in, in, a, in a similar way, I was watching this and I was like, what, you, what is this character? What is she supposed to do? Her... Cleo, our main character, mm -hmm. as we're following her, I'm watching her, and I'm like, let me describe Cleo for people. She's she's pretty quiet. Uh -huh. She loves the kids. Yeah. She's pregnant. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> Not spoilers, yeah. She's pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I really have to say. And so She's got a terrible boyfriend. She does. Yeah. Um, and so while I'm watching this, I'm less of like, ooh, look at all the artistic value, because I won't deny that there is artistic yeah. value, and that this is crafted well. But it's in a similar... But I went in, as I do for most movies, looking for some emotional resonance. And, like, I don't get a ton of emotional resonance. And uh, so I guess a similar thing would be if I gave you a math proof, uh -huh. and you looked at it, and you'd be like, yep... That's math. Yeah. They did that. Yeah. And I'm looking at the film and I'm like, yep, that is a movie. That is a film. That <laughs> is did that. filmmaking like, <laughs> right there. And so, like, I I think I texted you, like, I'm bored. <laughs> it did. You certainly did. <laughs> I want to take a Literally nap. out of nowhere. <laughs> literally out of nowhere. I get a text from you. You're like, this is so boring. And I lean over to Anne and I was like, Kylie's watching Roma. <laughs> And so I, 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 I can't, I won't take anything away from the technicals of the film, from the way it looks, um, the writing and the characters and the plot, I just wasn't very engaged with. Um, even the relationship between some of the characters at times, I was just kind of like, what are we doing? Okay, um, I think that in terms of the character failures and in character story plot there, I think I connect to them maybe slightly more than you do, mm -hmm. just in that sense of uh, there is some context to Koran that I think is helps it, the film. Is it, like, based on his mom? It's based on his life growing up. Oh, okay. And so what he... was he, a maid? He, no, he was the boy. He was the small boy Pepe? in the film. Paco? Paco. I think so that's the character's name. Okay. Um, whatever the youngest boy in the family's name Did is. Did he... They have a maid? Yes. So, this is a... It's his most, quote-unquote, uh, to his his accord, it is the most autobiographical film he's made. So well, that's not wanted, very hard. He made, like, Children of Men, which is in a dystopian future that we don't live in, and he made Gravity, and he hasn't been in space, and he made Harry Potter, and he's not a wizard. Whoa. 
You don't know that. Okay. What else has he done? Eat to Mama Tommy in? Yeah. I mean, that could have been pretty fair. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I don't know his life that well. So, sure you do. You've watched Roma, apparently. Uh, but I don't know anything about that boy. So he literally, well, that's the thing. is like, he doesn't, he's not wanting to make his story. He wants, he to, wants make to make her story, story. Because what he wanted to do was honor the lady who, in his words, raised him. And so he actually went back and interviewed the lady that Cleo is based on, his the, the maid of their household, the housekeeper of their household. And that's where he found some of the stories of, you know, like what she would do with her friends and like all of those things that that, that character is not involved with. And so his, I, I don't think his intent is to have lackluster characters. Mm-hmm. I do think that at times he does. Now, there are elements of the film that I really like. And there are elements of the the characters that I find very engaging and engrossing. They have very little to do with Cleo herself. And I, 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 I talked about this a little bit in the, uh, the nominations episode. But Yelitsia Aparizzo was studying to be a preschool teacher prior to getting cast in this film. She's not an actor. Alfonso Cuaron wanted that specifically. He wanted somebody who he could mold and who was raw and like who he just wanted like a very new, novice, unknown actor. And he got that. And everyone's really loving it. For me, I don't think that she's able to carry this type of film. And I'm not trying to be mean to her specifically. I'm just... That there are so many shots of her on her like on her face where we're supposed to be watching her break and this emotion just just break down and I'm just not seeing it or feeling it as strongly as I could. I think that the film itself and Quran's use of mise en scene and cinematography and and um, sound and music and score and all of that is is doing a lot of the work that the performer is not able to do. So my scenes and moments with her that I really glom onto are anything that also has to do with somebody else. And those specific two somebody else's are her terrible, awful, no good, very bad boyfriend and the mother of this family um and the mother of the family who's i'm sorry i don't remember her name or the actress's name but she's nominated for best supporting actress this this year as well and if she comes through and wins that somehow she won't but if she does that i would that to me makes sense because she is able to carry those heavier moments on her face and you do see those moments especially where like the sequence of so where Cleo is going to go into birth and I won't spoil what happens in that sequence but to me I'm following her and the fact that the mom is with her and helping her through that whole sequence is what raises that through and this whole part with her boyfriend where he all the weird things that he does to her, he is the more engaging character and therefore I'm feeling worse for her because she's kind of a blank slate in all of those scenes. And I am i can 
feel things for her because of that. Well, in the beginning of the film, and it gets a little bit closer as the film goes on, Alfonso shoots her very far away. Yeah. He creates a distance between you and this character from the beginning, and then he starts to creep in. So even at the beginning, because you're so far away, her performance almost gets washed under anything because she's not doing any... And... She's not... She's not making... Because it's so far away, she's not making herself a big presence. And maybe yeah. he doesn't want her to be a big presence, but there, she and needs that, to at least have a presence. Yes, and I agree with that. She needs to at least to have a presence. And I can totally say that, like, from what it looks like in the film, that's very intentional. It looks like he's intentionally putting distance to this character at the beginning, so that by the end, when you're up close, it's kind of mirroring the family's relationship with her. You know, is that first she's just there being the... the the maid of the family and then she becomes a member of the family but yeah so that's kind of my struggle with the film i do think that there are some gorgeous shots and i do think that there are really well done moments like this film is currently in the back end of my top uh, 20 of this year for the filmmaking alone i think that what he does is a great job and 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 to say that I had a lack of emotional response is wrong. I just didn't have one that was as strong as everything, as a lot of other things else. As everything no. else I watched this <laughs> as year. As a lot of other things I watched this year. The film that keeps popping into my brain that is... is Mine's if Beale Street could talk. Yes. That's the version of this film that I have an emotional connection to. Yeah, absolutely. Because they follow similar themes with it. Yeah, and that's the thing that I was going to say, is literally was if Beale Street could talk, because you have performers and actors there, and Kiki Lane, who is the lead of that film, similarly in the way that Yelitsa Aparizzo is the lead of this one, and like they're both relatively unknowns. The difference is that Kiki Lane is an actor. She's trained to be acting. And so when Barry Jenkins wants to linger on her and help create this tone rather than, similar to Koran, rather than it being something that I'm struggling to connect with, I'm with her in those moments. And so, yeah, it's, Beale Street is just the, is to me the more successful version of Roma. But I, I mean, in a weird way that's like just comparing for me it's kind of like comparing i don't know a pretty average piece of apple pie and a really good piece of apple pie it's still apple pie so it's pretty good actually maybe apple pie wasn't the best like it's like pizza like it's like oh pizza's good i'm gonna let you all know that there is bad pizza there (laughs) is bad pizza in the world and this whole like statement of like oh blah 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 bad pizza's still pizza like yeah be made with ketchup. Ugh, 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 that, ugh, ugh. Let me, let me take you to the, let me take you to the pizza joints and we'll discuss if it's still pizza. I want ketchup pizza now. Ew, ew, ugh. <laughs> You're part of the problem. <sighs> yeah. I like this film. I really do. But it's hard to connect to it. I didn't I, I didn't have the experience that I wanted to. And I will say that something that was really important to me, like I literally had Anne take my phone away and I said, don't give it back to me until we're done watching this movie. Like I wanted to be in the experience of this movie. And I'm not, I don't want to say that like the reason I didn't fall head over heels in love with this movie is that I had to watch it at home. 
but I'm going to say that it had something to do with it. Like, even putting my best effort into trying to connect to this movie, if I could have gone to a theater and put my phone away and, like, which I did, but, like, and just been in this immersive world, I bet it would have been a more impactful experience to me. But, yeah. Question. Yeah. The subtitles went by really fast, even for me. Yes. Like, I was like, whoa, lines of dialogue have just been lost to the ether. Yes. Oh, the film is in uh, Spanish. Mm -hmm. Just FYI. Um, And so, like, there were even times where I was like, well, I missed that dialogue. Do I want to go back? Mm -hmm. And I didn't. Yeah. Um, But then at times it felt just superfluous, because I could still understand very basically what was happening. Yes. I I think that's true. Uh, What was your question? And so, like, was... Is that a reason why I connected even less? Because Possibly. I realized that the dialogue didn't matter as much to me? Possibly. Ugh. I mean, it's a very visual film. Like, you could have... He probably could have told this story without dialogue, and it would have been really similar. Um, but, I mean, there is some elements of the piece that you do need. But, yes, I think that that's absolutely a way, is that it is such a visual story and he's only really concerned with that that the dialogue does seem superfluous. Did he write it? I think so. Did, is this, does he write most of his films? No, maybe. <laughs> Josh, that's not an answer. Sure it is, right? No, no maybe? maybe. Uh, no, it's he, uh, you know. Also, the... there's a scene in this, Josh. He did write this. I want to say there's uh-huh. a scene in this film where we're watching Moon Men in outer space. We're watching a movie. Uh-huh. And I don't know if this is a real film or not. Like, I just, but I was like, are you just like being like, remember when I made a film called Gravity? Do you guys all remember that? That's what that's what that scene felt Great. like. Love it. Is that a real film? I don't. That he showed. It probably is. I just don't remember it. <laughs> is it his inspiration for Gravity? Maybe. Remember when I made this film? He does not write all of his films, but mm-hmm. the films he has written are Roma, Gravity, Children of Men, Itumama Tambien, and Solo con tu perhara. Um, which are all of his films that are not, not Harry Potter. No, he's got there's a little prince, oh, uh, a okay. little princess. Anything that's not an adaptation of a previously existing material. That's not true. He wrote Children of Men. You just said. Oh, is that an adaptation? Yeah, children, did not know. Children of Men is a book. <laughs> he's one of five credited screenplayers, screenplayers, writers on the screenplay. Um. <laughs> Based on a novel by P.D. James. Yep. Great. Sorry. You're fine. I did You're... not know. Josh, it's yeah. okay. I wanted to say it was um, McCormick, and I didn't think that was right. And so I was trying to hold off until I had the actual writer. P.D. James. Um, I think with Coron, he's not... It's, I think he's in an interesting point of his career because he's getting lauded for films like Gravity and films like Roma. And while I like both films, I don't think either of them are his best. Well, I think those both... I Okay, I'm going to speak about Gravity having never seen it. Okay. <laughs> because I'm a professional. Yeah. Uh, 
So what I know about gravity is, like, I know that it's a big technical achievement, mm-hmm. and that's what it gets applauded for. I also know that people are, like, pretty okay with Sandy's performance. Yes. George Clooney's in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how anyone feels about him, but good. he is, in fact, in it. He's good. He's too small to really um, care do, about do anything. <laughs> I believe Pedro Pascal is also in it. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got me on, Port. Uh, and so, like, it feels like with both of these, the, these two films are just sounding like very, like, him exploring the craft of filmmaking. Well, with the ones... Yeah. Pedro Pascal's not in it. I'm sorry. Well, with the... <laughs> I got him confused with a pa- Paul Dut Sharma. Uh-huh. We all do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. Perfect. Yep. Um, I feel like those are... He's now in the, the part of his career where he just wants to explore filmmaking more of itself rather than the character and yeah. character dynamics. Well... The only films of his that I have seen are Prisoner of Azkaban, Harry Potter, and E2 Mama Tambien, which are like not so much with Harry Potter, but E2 Mama Tambien is much more of a gritty film. Yeah. And that depends on those characters, yeah. those three performances. And without it, there's not a lot going on. With Prisoner of Azkaban, that's actually probably one of the ones where he mixes characterization and filmmaking the best, where they're at an equal balance, where you can watch and be like, magic! But you can also watch and be like, Hermione! At the same level. Yes. I think that his best film, what puts it all together the best for me is Children Children of of Men. Men. Everyone loves that film. And I think that it's because... It is, it it has those character moments and it has those moments where you're connecting and you're there with the people in the scene, but then you're also, you could pull yourself out a little bit more and be like, dude, Cause I know this is just a master filmmaker at work. It's very famous for that one shot. Yes. That one shot thing, which yes. I, I, I've seen it fast forward. I've never actually sat and watched it, but it was right. in like a YouTube video. Someone was it's, talking it's, about Cinefix it. has it in several other videos. Mm-hmm. And so like, even that is him exploring that filmmaking aspect of it. Yeah. And, and so I, and I will say that it took me a bit to come around to children of men. When I first watched it, it was when it first came out, which I believe is 2005. I want to say. I want to go with 2006. Let's All right. Let's see who's right. Is, is, um, is Michael Caine in it? Yes. Okay, that's why I put it in 2006. He was busy making Batman Begins to be in Children and Men in 2005. Fair. 2006. So, I I think it was just so unique and different to what I had been watching and experiencing at that time that I needed to come around to what it was doing. And now I can meet that film on its level. And I really appreciate Children of Men for what it's doing and stuff like that. I mean, the Alfonso Cuaron film that I've seen the most is Prisoner of Azkaban. It is uh, my favorite of the Harry Potter movies. It is amazing. I think it is this perfect mix of art and commerce to make a good film but Children of Men is probably his best one. And, and I'm wondering if... And, and, and as you mentioned about Gravity, Bullock really elevates a lot of that movie. I don't think I like Gravity as much as I like Roma because there, it, while like maybe like 
it comes together as a complete film more than Roma. Roma's just so personal and the, the filmmaking is just that extra level of exquisite that I'm like, what? I, I'd watch Roma first again, but I like both films, you know. But I hope that he can move past this era of his and kind of get back to wanting to tell more character-driven stories and using his craft to do that. And and he almost seems to be getting a little bit lost in, and, and this is going to be one of those things where, like, scandal, but not scandal. He's getting lost in the George Lucas flip-flops? He's getting lost in the Kubrickness of it all. <laughs> like, you know what? I'm going to say something. You had the correct comparison. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. I compared him to George Lucas instead of comparing him to Kubrick, because that's exactly right. Yeah. You watch 2001 A Space Odyssey, you're emotional connection is there as you're afraid of HAL 9000 yeah. but you're just like spaceship <laughs> oh my gosh Josh you're so uh, this is <laughs> see this is why you're here <laughs> I don't think your Lucas comparison is wrong I actually really liked it because Koran is more of a commercial filmmaker than Kubrick was. I mean, Kubrick was commercial because he's, his brand became popular. But I don't think that either comparison is wrong. And I wonder how Kubrick would do in this modern age yeah. making similar films. Because just because when Kubrick was a filmmaker, less films were coming out every single time. And yeah. so when Kubrick came out with a film, that seemed that felt important. But we have people today like Terrence Malick, who uh-huh. are, who was... Very Kubrick in the way he uses... And very art house. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, like, they we might talk about song to song for a week, and then after that, it's gone forever. Yeah. Like, no one remembers that. I bet he'd be on the level of, like, a PTA. <sighs> like, that would be Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah. kind of, where he'd get awards conversation, and then everyone would get really excited, and some might stick in the culture, and some might not. Like, you might get a Phantom Thread, but you've also got an Inherent Vice. Like, you know, ups and downs. There will be blood. Yes. Um, so I like that Alfonso Cuaron is in this conversation with these directors. And I like, to me, he's more Kubrickian in that sense of, like we are saying, he he's more focused on the craft and the specificity of what he's trying to bring to it rather than the story and characters that are there. And the story and the characters are important to him. It's just what comes out on the screen doesn't seem that way to me. Whereas, as opposed to, I think that's why I glom onto filmmakers like the Coen brothers and, and like Steven Spielberg who prioritize... An emotion. Emotion, character, story, and tone over their filmmaking abilities. And they use their filmmaking abilities to their filmmaking craft to tell the their stories and stuff like that. So that's just kind of my personal taste in director there a little bit. Um, Wes Anderson is another director who is way focused on the craft element of it and the in his part. But for me, it, it, it he still cares enough. Like, he's the line. Like, it's kind of the Wes Anderson divide of, like, because sometimes he's good about caring about his characters and sometimes he's not, Sometimes you know? it's Twin Rides Kingdom. And sometimes it's <laughs> Isle of Dogs. Everyone should have barked. Yeah. All the humans should have just barked. There you go. Bark, 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 bark. Yeah. Uh... Do you have any other thoughts on Roma? I have a, a tangential question to Roma. No, what's your question? So, the directing trio, which has dubbed themselves the Three Amigos, 
Um, they've dubbed themselves this, which is why do they like. The, no, I'm trying to figure out the other two. Okay, you got Koran. This is this is gonna be okay. Great. Guillermo del Toro. That's one. Oh man, I need another one. Okay, I'm gonna. Do you want the hint? Are they from Mexico? Yeah. Well, yes, but yeah. I mean, they could have been from like Spain or Argentina. No, but they're all from Mexico. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. Uh-huh, yeah, no do, problem. Do I know their name? Yes, I think you do. You should. <laughs> that was a backed off real fast. <laughs> You should, Kylie. You really should. Okay. Um. Are they, like, good? Yes. Okay. So it's not Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, that guy from Mexico. Yeah. Uh huh. Guy's probably been to Tijuana and doesn't remember it. Who among us have? Who among us do? Um. <laughs> um. Okay. So. It's not. Alfonso Caron, Guillermo del Toro. It's probably the one that I always confuse with Alfonso Caron. And (laughs) and so now I'm just trying to backtrack and figure out who that is. Yeah, fair enough. Because there is a director who I'm always like, oh, wait, no, this one. Okay, give me a hint. Uh, He is the last director to win back-to-back best director. Oh, oh, um... Alejandro Inaritu. G Inaritu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot so, the G. You did. That's very important. So yeah, they have actually all. Um, Alejandro G. If you if you exclude um, the Damien Chazelle win, it's been just those three directors winning the best picture. I'm gonna say for, like, something. We can't years. exclude. No, I know, but like. <laughs> I understand that's literally, that. Like you literally can't be like, well, we won all the last five years except for one. But, okay, so like five out of six years, like they've they've won the best, well, best yeah, trio. But yeah. directors do directors are good. The yeah. best director is probably one of the most like of recent times. I won't say of all time. It's like one of the more diverse group of winners that there is. And yes, so it's like, diverse in terms of uh, race and ethnicity. Yeah. It's not so much in gender, but it, it, we're, we'll get there little by little. Um, well, we have one. We have one. How, am I supposed to ask for more? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Uh, but, it's so this trio of directors is kind of this like new class of like... I think they're kind of the new version of the, like... Did he win for Gravity? Yeah, he won for Gravity. Well, won that year? 12 Years a Slave. Okay. Yeah, so... That's weird. Yes. That's, it's weird to me that director wins See, and this not is, always the best picture wins. This is the recent trend, is that director and picture are splitting more, yeah. and they used to be really together. Yeah. And I, it's, and I, th- I actually genuinely think it's going to happen again this year. Alright, let's, um, let's see. Who are the directors? Who are you guys? Let are me you see if I this can, year? I'm going to name them. This year? I'm going to try and name them. Are you them. doing it for this year? Yes. Okay. I don't care about last year. <laughs> Josh, it's over with. No, wait, Guillermo del Toro won yeah. last year. yeah. We brought it back. Okay. Like so I said, year, skip the Damon Chazelle year. This year. No, like, Best Picture and Director were the same movie. Oh, are you trying to figure out the last time it no, happened? No, I'm trying to figure out who was nominated this year oh, and who's okay. going to win this year. Perfect. Cold War guy. Okay, Pavel Pavlovsky. Okay. This guy, Alfonso. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Pavel is for uh, Cold War, uh, Alfonso's for Roma. <laughs> Oh my gosh, what else was even nominated? Okay, 
Okay, I'm gonna go through the best pictures and see if that helps me. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. It should. It should. Black Panther wasn't nominated. Sadly. Um. I don't think I can do this. Alphabetically, <laughs> what's next? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, start with the B. Uh-huh. Start with that same first word, even. Oh, uh, Black Klansman. Okay, so you got. Uh, he's got. He got nominated. So we made a big deal out of that. Spike Lee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. There's. I think there's another B. Is there another B? Green Book didn't get nominated. We did it. Uh, Springer didn't get nominated for Bohemian Rhapsody. That was the other one. Bohemian Singer. Rhapsody. Yeah. He didn't get nominated. I only have to name two more. Uh huh. What other like important films came out this year? I can't look at my 100 list. It won't help me or my <laughs> year list. <laughs> um. <laughs> Can I have a hint? Okay. Um, what else got nominated this year? One of them is a film. It's the own. It's uh. It's a straight white male. Well, the one you got left. Um, Steven Spielberg. And it's a film you liked more than I did. Oh, that doesn't mean much. It is also nominated for best picture. <laughs> it would be alphabetically last. Uh, Z. <laughs> Start with a Z. No. Start with a Y? No. X? No. V? Yeah. Y- it starts with a V? Yeah. The name of the guy or the movie? The movie. <laughs> like, I liked it a lot? Or I only kind of liked it? <coughs> you only kind of liked it. <laughs> Why can't I think of this? <laughs> what genre is it? Uh... Comedy, technically. It's a oh, Vice. Vice. Okay. So that director is uh Adam McKay. Okay. I only got one more. Yep. He's not a white. He's the one that I. I mean, he's white, but he's not like straight white American. So he's um, is he gay? No. <laughs> you, okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I really you don't. You can't say like we got one more straight white male and then be like. But there's another one. <laughs> no, but like, sorry, my brain was like, straight white American male. Like, yeah, great, Adam McKay's out of here. Um, not that, but okay, anyway, dude's white, I guess. It's not from America. He's not from America? No. Uh, I already said Cold War guy. <laughs> Pavel? Uh, yeah. yeah. Is he from Canada? I'm surprised you're forgetting this one. No, he's not from Canada. Do I like the movie? You love this movie. Uh-huh. It's not Spider-Man, it's the Spider-Verse. You did it. Good job. It's not Hereditary. No, it's not Ari Aster. <laughs> it was probably the one that you, like, lost your mind over the most at nominations. Oh, Yorgos Lanthimos! Yorgos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, this was awful. I did an awful job <laughs> at remembering what we have talked about within a few weeks ago. <laughs> okay, great. What was your point of remembering the directors? Who's gonna win? Oh, uh, who's gonna win? Director and lose Best Picture. So I think, though, on my Oscar production stuff, I still want what I said to be true, and I think it could still be true. Which to remind was I was like Spike Lee, like revival year. Uh-huh. Like let's go, let's get him back for it. Alfonso's gonna win. He's been winning okay. all the other awards. But you um, still think Black Klansman's gonna win? I don't know if it's going to be Klansman, but here's what I do know. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, 
the uh, the Shape of Water last year is kind of an outlier in the fact that it won Picture and Director, and I think the reason and the the timeline to start that is is since the preferential ballot came into place. If the preferential ballot wasn't into place, I still think you'd see a lot more matching of things. When does it come into play? So it comes into play, I want to say, in 2008 or 9, maybe 9 or 10. Um, Maybe, let me look. Because 2009, Hurt Locker, Mm -hmm. or maybe that's too... See, I never know if it's the year of the Oscars. Hurt Locker comes out in 2009, but wins in 2010, right? Uh Okay, so that one has director and... Director and Best Picture the same year. Yes. King's Speech. I don't know who wins that year. King's Speech is, um, I believe, it's not Fincher. It's, I believe it's Hooper. I think it's that. You, th- you think they win both of them? Yeah. And then we get Argo, which Ben, Ben, hmm, Ben Affleck does not win Best Director. Then 12 Years of Slave. We said that Alfonso Cuaron won that year. Birdman. Wins both Best Picture and Director. Spotlight does not because uh, because Alejandro wins again. Mm-hmm. And then Moonlight does not because Damien Chazelle wins. And then Shape of Water does. So that's one, two. Since 2009, when the Academy changed, uh, according to this article on Vox.com, since 2009, when the Academy had changed Best Picture from a straight vote to something much more convoluted, the winners have gotten much more... Anyway, well, it's an opinion after that. But, yeah, so 2009 is when they start this. So, you just ran through it, and does it, it, does it match up four times? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Hurt Locker, King's Speech, Birdman, and Shape of Water. Are the ones where it does match up. Yeah, as long as you have all of the films from Hurt Locker till now. Okay, so backwards. Shape of Water, Moonlight, Spotlight, Birdman, 12 Years a Slave, Argo, The Artist. You're missing The missing Artist. The artist um, which that also did both. And then King's Speech uh-huh. and Hurt Locker. Okay, so The Artist is the only one that I'm missing. So it's five out of... That's ten years. Mm-hmm. So this is the tenth year. So... But still, even being at 50% matchup in the last 10 years, it's it's becoming less and less of a guarantee that picture and director are going to match up. Uh, I and, think that even if you go back even a little bit more, it matches up a lot better. Yes, it does. Slumdog Millionaire, mm-hmm. uh, No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. The Departed. Mm-hmm. I don't know who won Crash. Um, Ang Lee. That, oh, okay. No. Oh, yeah. Good job, Aang. No. With, um... Brokeback. Brokeback. The film that should have won. Yeah, they were too embarrassed. Slumdog... Or not Slumdog. Million Dollar Baby. Mm, the I word... think that's true, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Clint got his. Um... I don't think Rob Marshall wins his. Who's Rob Marshall? <laughs> Chicago's director. Oh, okay. No. Lord of the... No, because that's Roman Polanski for yeah. The Pianist. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Chicago did not. Beautiful Mind. Yeah, I think so. Gladiator. I think that's true too. American Beauty. But so, yeah, so yeah. as you go back, it it matches up. It like almost always matches up. So it's within the last ten years, which is why, like I said, the preferential ballot I think is the thing that actually makes all of Oscar history pretty invalid because except for a period from I think it's nineteen thirty one to nineteen forty seven where they also had a preferential ballot so if you really want to go back and look in that era you might find some some similarities but 
essentially when you have this preferential ballot, what you're what's winning, and if you look at over the last three, I would say Moonlight aside, maybe even no Moonlight. I'm gonna put Moonlight in this. Shape of Water, Moonlight, Spotlight, Birdman. Take those last four right there. I don't think what's winning is quote unquote the best picture. It's the least hated movie. Like that's really what's winning. It's the film that is not necessarily everybody's number one, but everybody's two through four. You know, and so that is something. So to... we're we're going from Shape of Water to Birdman. Yeah, okay. and I mean, you might even be willing to say that about Twelve Years a Slave as well. I mean, I mean. I Ellen actually, DeGeneres was the one that made the joke of if Twelve Years a Slave doesn't win, y'all are racist. I so maybe even because like Argo is a big populist film as well, and then Artist is a is a just feel good movie, and then The King's Speech. You could even argue that like within that, it is that or the social network like people are we're trying to like there's still an old academy sense of like no this is an oscar movie and this social network nonsense is just modern garbage Mm -hmm. like there is there is that storyline there as well so you can to me when you look at the last 10 years and hurt locker is just like everybody's like oh Catherine, come on here you go well the dialogue of that year was it's her versus him. Yeah. yeah. It's the wife it's the ex wife and the ex husband. Yes. Who are you gonna side with? Yeah. And so And then the departed which I could is also I give. see I could also see people um with the Hurt Locker year liking there are people disliking Avatar mm-hmm. because it's not a very it's a very it's it's similar to Roma. It's artistically well made, it's not very interesting story wise. So anyway, with just taking the last ten years I think that what's an important statement to say is that a lot of these films seem to be the least hated film rather than the most loved film. And with that being said, that makes sense to me that the director then is kind of moving in that way of like, we always say in the technical categories that it's the most of a thing that wins. It's the most actors. It's the most cinematography, the most score, kind of if it's visible there. So it might end up this award just moving towards the most directing kind of thing rather than matching up with the film itself. Uh, because to me, in my brain, it's really hard to differentiate between... It should be very rare that a film wins Best Picture and doesn't have the best directing. Like, that just doesn't make sense to my brain very often. Like, in that sense of the, the year to take take personal things out of it, the year that Chicago wins... And um, Roman Polanski wins for The Pianist. You can look at The Pianist and be like, dude, this this movie is spectacularly directed and it's only going to work because its artists are creating its art and its director is leading those artists. And Chicago, if you're going to say it's the best movie of the year because you had a good time at it, you felt good, it was a big, raucous movie, great. But it's clear that the directing's over here. It's, it's, it's a scenario like that which I'm like, I guess I see it. But that being said, for this year, I think it's really clear Alfonso Cuaron is going to win unless something like a Spike Lee. I think Spike Lee is probably the only person who could knock Alfonso off this this award. Yeah, I'm going to say something. Yeah. Cold War guy. Yeah. Glad you're Happy here. Happy to be here. Glad you're here. Yeah. But like, 
have fun on your plane trip back without uh, that Oscar yeah, with you. Yeah. You might, uh, you're not even going to get it for this foreign feels, language film. This feels like the directing branch mm-hmm. just going, we want you all to be aware who Pavel Pavlikowski is for his next film. He made Ida. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Um, as for best picture, I think it could go several ways. Roma could be up there. It could be everybody's two through four. Um, I'm really worried it's going to be the film we talk about next. I, like, that's why I like this pairing that we're doing. Like, I'm really worried it's going to be Green Book. Uh, I, it could also be Black Panther because, like, what if everybody's like, yeah, it was fun times. I think that I, I have a feeling that A Star is Born has a better chance than Black Panther. Okay, here's the only reason why I think A Star is Born is slipping and Black Panther is going mm. up. Oh. Is because... Star is Born has been nominated out the yin-yang mm-hmm. and has won nothing. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Black Panther, at the very least, won the SAG Ensemble Award, mm-hmm. which is by the actors saying it's their, it's their version of the best picture. Um, and the acting branch is the largest, largest branch in this. So, like, that's why I think Panther has a little bit of a shot there. Mm-hmm. Um I, you know what else I think is going to be a true story? Yorgos and Favorite, tied for the most nominations with... Roma. Is going to get nothing. I think Yorgos' best shot is going to be a best original screenplay. They might just toss it a screenplay as like, your movie's really good, here's a screenplay win. Yeah, I think that's true. But I'm going to say something. This is this is Yorgos's first time at the Academies. Yes. Yeah. The Lobster had some Golden Globe I stuff. I think it was a screenplay as okay. well for, for the Oscars. But I think that this is the one where like they were kind of like, there was a film. Yeah. And now they're like, here is a film. Yeah. And they're like, I think that, I think that it has now a better shot to get screenplay if it gets anything. Yeah, I, so it's... Um, anything that's not technical. Because if it wins, like, costuming, yeah. like, that's not going to be a shocker. If it wins maybe any technical, I don't think we'd all be like, whoa! We'd be like, yeah! Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I'm interested to see how it plays out. This is one of the years where I genuinely just don't know what's going to win picture. Like, last year I could probably narrow it down to, like, two things. And if I had to narrow it down to, like, a front runner this year, it's Roma and Green Book. Mm-hmm. But I could see it going so many other ways. I think that last year we were both, like, we were both like, is it Shape of Water? Because no controversy. Because yeah. last year, last year we had, I, I, last year, I'm sorry, I had two that I was like. That my was down to two as well. That I thought were going to win, not that I wanted to win. Yes. And I had it between the Shape of Water and Dunkirk as oh, my like, okay. these two could win. Because um, it's the Shape of Water, Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, and Three Billboards Out of Ebbing, Missouri. And I had it down to Three Billboards and, and Shape of Water. See, I didn't think Three Billboards was going to get it. I thought that too much controversy was there and they were going to play it safe. just winning so much. Yeah. Which is the Green Book case this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's winning a lot. But by this time, because this is the last, like, the last awards, yeah. they can see the controversy facing everything yeah. and they can then, that, I, I, yeah, that just, that affects decisions, I will say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, with that being said, I think as in the bag as anything this year in your Oscar pool, I would put your money on Alfonso. The, for director? For director, yeah. And then picture, who knows. But it would be interesting because 
if Roma does win Best Picture, it is a ton of firsts. Not only like the first Netflix film, the first streaming film, uh, but also it is not a first, but it's the first time since The Last Emperor in which a mostly foreign language film has won. Um, when was that? The 80s. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Didn't win Best Picture. <gasps> Wasn't it? Was it nominated? I think so, but yeah. Who um, did it lose to? Gladiator? It's 2000, right? Gladiator. Yeah. yeah. What? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? What are I've we lived doing? this whole life thinking that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon won Best Picture. No, he's got Lee. Ang Lee has two directing wins <sighs> and no picture wins. <sighs> Does he have three? He has two. He has two. So he didn't it's win for Crouching back Tiger. And it's Ang. Yeah. See, here was our argument because if. Let's see, did Gladiator win Best Director? Best Director. I think Ridley Scott has that. It won five. Oh, gosh. One, two. Because oh, yeah. Lee has it for Life of Pi. And for Blur Oak Back. Yeah. Director. We got this so wrong. We were so wrong. It's Steven Soderbergh for traffic. Oh, traffic. <laughs> what are we doing? We're going to lose, Josh. We're going to lose. No, trivia. this is why it's good. We're going to be fine. All right. Anyway, fact check this Steven episode. Steven Soderbergh everybody. beat himself. He, he did. nominated for two films. Yeah. That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> he was nominated for two films. That's stupid. He was the best. How is he not the best director that year? <laughs> He's nominated for two. Oh, he, he was. was. He was. he was. Okay, okay, good. Calm yourself. <laughs> and both of his films were nominated for Best Picture! Oh, man, Soderbergh had a year. Aaron Brockovich is boring! I, I like Aaron Brockovich. Ugh, it's better than Roma. <laughs> it's better than Roma. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done talking about this thing. Josh, do our outro. It's time for the Planet Hollywood game. Oh my gosh! Man, this short episode lasted over an hour. Here we go. I don't like either of these. Well, you gotta pick one. <laughs> Alright, name films with Meg Ryan. Joe vs. Volcano. Oh god, my phone just went... My head just went blank. Um... You've got mail. Sleepless in Seattle. No, stop it! I'm done, I'm out. I lost. <laughs> my film just went blank on every Meg Ryan film. Is she the one in When Harry Met Sally? Oh, shoot, she is! That was my next one, oh. if you didn't say it. <laughs> uh, okay, but then in my brain, I was like, you did Joe versus the Volcano. That takes out the whole Tom Hanks franchise. And I was like, no, that's not a franchise. <laughs> the, the TH Cinematic Universe. <laughs> hey, friends. If you want to get, if you want to join this conversation, and why wouldn't you? The other one was Jane Fonda, and I wouldn't have been able to start. <laughs> I would have just been done. You're like Crazy and Frank. <laughs> 
If you want to join this conversation, and why wouldn't you? You can do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Leave us a five-star review or any star review. You can also help us there by hitting that subscribe button. Yeah. You can <laughs> helps us get more listeners. You can find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast. You can find us on YouTube at Ducks Watch Together. Tumblr. Ducks Watch Together. Letterboxd. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Josh. Hey. You didn't say your name this entire episode. (laughs) Quack. Quack, 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 quack.